Red Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And after three weeks, we are back with another episode of the Owl Chat Podcast. Uh, back in studio with my uh, partner, John Finer, and we are now this week joined by producer Nick. Nick, if you want to say hello. Hello, Owl Nation. Good to be with you guys, and uh, thanks for bringing me on the team. Of course. So uh, if you guys hear a third voice, don't be scared. Um, he's, uh, he's a new addition. He does a lot of, uh, he does a lot for us, um, and we're very happy to have him. Um, but like I he said- He created our intro and outro. So he did, that he way, did. Um, he put a voice to that. But yeah, like I said, we've been absent for three weeks. Uh, it's been entirely my fault. I've been out of town. I was in Alaska for two weeks and I was off the grid for like three or four of those days. I really wanted to record, but it's kind of hard to do so um, from a tent. So <laughs> I would yeah. have liked to see you try, though. I would have loved to have tried. But uh, yeah, a lot's happened. We've got a lot to get to today. Um, John, if you want to give us a little life update, what's been going on with you? Um, Absolutely nothing. I've been chomping at the bit to get back to the uh, owl chat podcast um not just because i love talking about the owls because the longer we hold off the more stuff there is to talk about and then it just snowballs from there so let's get right into this all right with the addition of nick on the podcast we're introducing a brand new segment that we call the flyover where we just recap general news and notes from around kennesaw state sports so john i'm gonna throw it over to you if you want to take us through just some of the uh the news and notes from the past couple of weeks yeah, absolutely. We've got some live sports going on right now, which is exciting. Um, starting with soccer, the uh, Owls were picked fourth in the preseason coaches bowl. Uh, forward Macy Rainwater was picked preseason all-conference, and the season uh, recently started. Uh, the soccer team tied uh, East Tennessee State 0-0, um, and the home opener is was this past Sunday. Uh, we won't know the results right now because we're recording on Sunday morning, all transparency. But up next uh, for you guys to enjoy, uh, the uh, Soccer Owls uh, play a tournament starting uh, this Thursday, August 24th against Troy and Sunday, August 27th against uh, South Alabama. Those games will be in uh, Mobile. Um, The Volleyball Owls, another sport starting up, uh, they were picked to finish third in the coaches poll behind FGCU and Lipscomb. Uh, Manu Johnson was picked all-conference preseason. Congrats to her. I think she'll be a sophomore this year. Uh, The Owls beat uh, Sanford 3-1 in an exhibition this past Saturday. Um, The Owls open in a tournament in Montana. I know, super random, uh, starting August 25th. Uh, The tournament will consist of Oregon State, Montana State, and North Dakota. Um, In some coaching news, uh, tennis coach and former KSU student-athlete Simon Pritchard has been promoted to associate head coach, so congratulations to him. Uh, The uh, women's lacrosse team has named C.J. Holder an assistant coach. Uh, She was previously the head coach at Hanover College and Augustana College. Uh, Former KSU student-athlete Bailey Wilson was named a student assistant. And finally, former KSU softball coach P.J. Brun has moved on to Texas State um, to be an assistant softball coach there. And strangely enough, it sounds like she'll have a dual role as volleyball Dobo too. So that's a director of, well, not Dobo, I guess director of volleyball operations, Dobo. So um, that's a very uh, weird combination, but good luck to her. And uh, that's all for the flyover. So yeah, my uh, my understanding of Texas State as a school is they're not uh, the most well-endowed. <laughs> so 
what's that what that's making me think is that that's probably a budgetary thing and you just you know get somebody who's decent in athletic management or whatever and it's like okay you know well we need this position filled so you know throw oh, the volleyball staff Absolutely. I'd still hate to do that, though. My God, um, that sounds horrible. But, uh, you know, best of luck to her. I hope she enjoys her uh, her home. And, uh, yeah, let's move on to the to the next topic. What do you got for us? Ty? We got uh, baseball. We've got plenty of news um, all over the place. Um, we've got the end of some summer league action um, and we've got some players in the pros, you know, uh, who have been making their mark. If you want to run us through uh, just some of their stats and how guys finished up in summer league and how they're doing double A. Yeah, let's break this up. Let's do Summer League first and talk about the guys perhaps for a little bit and then go to the alumni updates. Um, Smith Pinson, Owl's big righty. Um, He finished up in the Cape Cod League. He was having a great summer, picked a bad time in the playoffs to have his worst outing. He went three innings, gave up five earned, uh, still ended the summer with a solid 3.6 ERA. Uh, Blake Ida, who was an Owl's reliever this past year as a freshman, ended with uh, 20. Uh, 0.2 innings pitched at a 3.48 ERA. He finished with over a strikeout per inning, but the uh, the whip uh, or walks hits per inning pitch was quite a bit higher than I'm sure he would have liked, uh, especially with the walks. But as a uh, young pitcher, this is you know something that will help uh, speed up his development. Uh, what's your take on that guy? Totally. Um, yeah, you know it's uh, summer leagues coming to an end, um, or has come to an end. It's sad. I, I miss. Yeah. I miss him. You know, I'm all for the obscure sports world. Uh, I lived in Wenatchee, Washington at a time, and uh, we had a summer league team. So, you know, nothing but good memories, but it's pretty good showing just this year all around from our guys. So uh, I would say it's all positive. Obviously, it's not something you want to read too deep into because, you know, it's not college ball. It's might be the next best thing, but it's not college ball. But yeah. I'm excited to get these guys back on campus, you know, get them, uh, you know, adding new pitches, improving on their game. That's all, you know, very important stuff. So very excited there. Um, We got some alumni news. Um, Josh Hatcher, recently uh, former Owls outfielder, recently left the game with an injury. I believe it was a hand injury. I didn't hear too much about it. He's played a little bit since, but even before the injury, he was really struggling. And, um, you know, he went. 0 for 5 on August 16th. And, you know, it's hard on a hitter, especially with a hand injury. So, you know, we're hoping he turns it around soon. Um, Tyler Tolby, uh, who plays for the Mississippi Braves in double A, um, had four multi-hit games in his past seven. Um, he went 0 for 4 on August 12th and hasn't played since. Um, that's a little bit unusual. So I hope everything is okay with him. Um, I didn't see him go on any kind of injured list, but uh, Mississippi has four catchers, so they have plenty of bodies. Uh, former Owls lefty, uh, Jake Rice has been having some up and downs, ups and downs for uh, double A for the D-backs, but, uh, three of his last four outings have been good out of the, out of the bullpen. And, uh, finally here in some alumni news, uh, got some big news. Alan Boosnitz, uh, who's a 2013 KSU alum was caught up by the, uh, Reds and pitched a scoreless inning for Cincinnati on August 16th. Uh, apparently he pitched four games in May for the Reds and we totally missed it. And I had no idea, uh, basically I believe he was drafted by the angels a while back. And I think the 25th round, he made the bigs for the twins in 2017 and 2018. And I had not heard from him since I just assumed he retired or, you know, got hurt or something, something or other, but apparently he's been playing in Japan since 2019. That's and a great yeah, and he signed with the Reds uh, before this season, was solid in the minors, and and got back to the big. So um, 
great job from Allen. You know, with the uh, love lady being shut down, it's nice to have at least that one guy, <laughs> you know, yes. just to have an excuse to keep up with. So, you know, it's Absolutely. great to still have a presence in the bigs. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, speaking of the bigs, we have some other baseball uh, updates. Um, well, speaking of major league baseball teams, um, Cole Crescent, who we spoke about um, on the last podcast because, you know, we didn't have too much going on. Um, he was basically brought in at the last minute to join the Owls baseball team this season, but he apparently uh, decided to sign with the Dodgers. Um, after doing some research, uh, I found out his dad is a former major league pitcher uh, who's been a scout with the Dodgers, I believe, for the past nine years. So if you're wondering, how does this happen? You know, wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, that's probably how he got the hook up there. Um, my personal opinion based on his numbers at Louisiana Monroe is, you know, it would have been good for him to get another year of, you know, development, guaranteed development, um, in the college ranks, improve his game, uh, before he takes it to the pro ranks. But, you know, I wish him the, uh, you know, the best of luck on making that jump. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, I understand the decision. Uh, it seemed like a really nice kid. You know, I know he interacted with the podcast through you on Twitter once or twice. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wish him the best. You know, like you said, his numbers weren't the greatest um, at his previous stop. So this to me reads like being a 40th round pick. I don't know if the, uh, you know, MLB draft goes that deep anymore, but it's like, you know, they'll have a place for him in the farm system somewhere. You know, he'll uh, he'll get a check. He'll get paid to play. So. You know, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I think I don't quote me on this, but the draft is now 20 rounds, by the way. But I think they mm-hmm. eliminated some of the like lower end teams when they killed the draft down to 20 rounds. I'm not entirely sure. I think that so had we'll something have... to do with COVID too. Minor league baseball took a huge hit. So That's true. That might be true. Um, yeah, we'll definitely watch him, see if he makes it. Uh best of luck to him. Um, we also have some, I guess, news in the same wavelength. Um, 2025 uh Kennesaw State left-handed pitcher commit uh hunter atkins has decommitted from the owls and uh he announced that and then a few days later he committed to uga um in my opinion and that's a you know a risky move for him in today's climate you know when you're the higher you go and you're going to the sec um especially as a freshman and with all the nil money and transfers you know you're you're low on the totem pole you know what i mean sure um you're not you know hunter atkins would have you know come for example to ksu or uh, another low mid-major school he'd be in that similar spot where you know he'd be i think he'd be valued more to where if he struggles early on at uga or any guy struggles at uga you know there's no there's no guarantees he makes the roster right um you know i think they only get 40 guys right Uh, so you know that's just my take it's an interesting discussion because you got to weigh the pros and cons of going to a school like UGA or going to a school like, you know, Kennesaw State to play baseball. It's like, you know, at UGA, he's going to have more resources at his disposal. Theoretically, he'll be playing bigger time baseball. But also, you know, the last couple of years, it's not like the UGA program has been that far ahead. You know, they've been pretty poor in the SEC. And, you know, we we took them down to the wire last year when they came to Kennesaw. So, and like you said, I mean, they're, you know, they've got more resources and whatnot. So he's going to be lower on the totem pole. So interesting move. Interesting move. They have, they do have a new coaching staff. So I think that probably, you know, plays a big part into it. Um, but, you know, like I said, you know, if, you know, if push comes to shove, you know, these schools like UGA, like, I'm not saying UGA does it, 
but a lot of the, you know, power five conference schools oversign kids. And then, you know, at the last minute, they're like, oh, I got a transfer from this awesome player. We don't have room for you. Right. You know, you push them to the side. Um, and, you know, there's less, you know, there's less of that going on at smaller schools, I think, because we can't afford the, you know, the reputational hit sure. of, you know, doing that to doing that to kids. Whereas sure. UGA, they're UGA, man. You know, you get right. kids to come there just by dropping the name UGA. There's no, oh, UGA has a reputation for this. I don't care. I've always wanted to play at UGA. Right. So, um, you know, there are, like you said, there are ups and downs for sure. And it's going to be interesting to follow um, Atkins' career and how it progresses and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I did want to transition uh, to some of the commits that we got. And uh, Hunter Atkins played at uh, Rock Mart High School. And uh, we got a commit from a fellow uh, Rock Mart High School player in Jake Bailey in 2024. He plays shortstop for his high school. Um, and, you know, he could play probably anywhere on the infield, probably for, you know, second, third uh, shortstop. So it'll be fun to see where he ends up, um, you know, and that's that's just one of the commits that we got. I thought it'd be a good segue there. Uh, we got a commit from Ethan Finch. A 2024 uh, Sam, former Samford commit out of Parkview. He's ranked uh, number 395 in his class by Perfect Game. So, um, you know, that's a pretty good get for the Owls. He's a uh, he's a catcher. Uh, Parkview has a pretty rich lineage of uh, talent to come out of there in Gwinnett County. Um, the Owls also got a commit from uh, Michael. Uh, well, he goes by Hunter Stonecipher. He is a uh, power hitting uh, lefty catcher from Clark uh, Central High School in Bogart. That's an uh, awesome ranked, name, by the way. Yes, Stone I love it. Yeah. You know he's going to probably be called Stony, uh, you know, when he gets on campus or something like that. Uh, I so. mean, that's a that's a power hitter's name if I've ever heard one. So, absolutely, absolutely, and he's ranked three hundred three and in the twenty twenty five class by Perfect Game. So uh, that was a big get from Kennesaw State. And another member of the twenty twenty five class is uh, Sam Summerlin, a six two one eighty five. Uh, catcher for now from the Westwood School in Camilla, Georgia, which is Southwest Georgia. I think not too far from Tallahassee. That's the portion of Georgia we uh, previously talked about where we don't know anything about. <laughs> um, he has an advanced hit tool. I think he's a bit of a late riser. Um, so it'll be fun to see him climb up those ranks. He's not from the Atlanta area, so he might not get the recognition that, you know, other players, you know, have gotten to, you know, be ranked highly by perfect game, but that doesn't mean he's any lesser of a player. Just means you have to do more digging in the scouting. Right, right. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up on baseball there. I just wanted to mention, it's interesting that uh, over the course of the podcast's history, baseball has really been the sport keeping us on our toes. <laughs> yes, so. because of the summer league action and the minor league action. And I, I think that's going to change uh, drastically here in the coming weeks. Right. I'm just saying expect it to take a back seat pretty soon. But, yeah. you know, well, we'll still keep you guys in the loop on all the baseball news and notes. So never worry. Yep. And uh, Kai, what's what do we got next? All right. Yeah. Just transitioning to uh, some football news. Um, we've got some roster drop offs um, and we've got some roster additions. John, if you want to take us through those. Yeah. And some uh, I guess we'll call these roster changes. Um, wide receiver Jacob Ray. Uh, has been removed from the uh, football roster. He was a, I guess, a walk-on or whatnot. Not huge news there. Um, we've also had some four players just randomly show up on the roster. I assume walk-ons of some sort uh, since our last podcast, including uh, defensive lineman uh, Jalen Jordan from Virginia State by way of Warner Robbins. But wait, he was also removed since our last podcast. So let's cross him off. So that was a short stay for... Uh, 
Mr. Jordan, not sure what happened. Um, it's not for me to say, which is a segue to a Johnny Mathis addition to the roster. Um, for those of you who don't know, that was a reference to old 1950s singer Johnny Mathis, who's saying it's not for me to say. You guys will not like that reference. It's too old, but I don't that care. I'm going to say it anyway. That one's way out there, John, even for you. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so it's a uh, he's a DB from Norcross High School. Um, and we also got uh, Jacob Osborne, a long snapper from Lee County and Albany State and Dennis Sims from Rockmart. So this is the third Rockmart High School player we're talking about today. So connection runs deep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got some number news as well. Yeah, we do. Uh, newly available numbers, uh, according to the website, are 69, 66, and 13. As uh, if you guys are tuning in on video, John is celebrating with his background today. Yes, it's number from last year's roster. I have a thick picture of his roster photo. Jacob Strom, who was number 69 on last year's roster. Um, that is still blank. I assume Coach Bohannon is holding that open for the right player. So we are waiting to see who gets to fill that slot. Um, 66, I think, was Jalen Jordan, who we just talked about, freed up. And number 13, perhaps more importantly than 69, is still open. Um, that's the spot that you get to wear and to honor Ladarius Clardy, uh, the former owl whose life was tragically taken um, too soon. I'm not sure if I, I believe that number goes to a quarterback each year who best, you know, exemplifies the hard work and, you know, what it means to be an owl. I, I, D'Angelo Hardy wore it last year. He's not a quarterback anymore. He's now a defensive back. Uh, I think we got to give it to Jonathan Murphy. Yeah, uh, I would agree with you. I mean, he's, you know, senior leader of this team. Um, I would have been okay with retiring the number, but I think, you know, keeping it around to pay homage is also a cool tribute. So I'm with you. I think Murphy's the the perfect fit, but you know, we, I'm surprised we don't know yet. So. Yeah, I agree. You know, for right now, while the Bohannon staff is in charge, definitely want to, you know, while we have those links to Clardy, you know, definitely probably want to, you know, have it wear, wear the number out and pay respects, you know, future coaches down the line, they might do something different. I don't know. They might choose to retire it, but uh, you know, that's also something to watch. So we'll see. Yeah. And then uh, in other news, we've got Travis Bell uh, killing it in the preseason uh, in Chicago, or at least relatively. Yes, he got uh, credited for a half sack against former Liberty quarterback Malik Willis. So you hate to see that, don't you guys? Just hate to see that um, against the Titans. Um, you know, it was fun. You know, as people said on Twitter, it was so fun to say, like, Travis Bell, you know, out of Kennesaw State University, just, you know, kind of surreal to see that in a sense i think he was trending for a cool three to five minutes as like yeah. the number the number 27 uh <laughs> trending topic on twitter or yeah X, i saw him as, i saw as, i saw him as high as number 20 so um that's yeah that was awesome yeah and he's been a mild media darling so far so it seems like everybody's written for him i know there was an athletic article that was written when he was drafted a few months ago you know and uh the Bears seem to like to promote the heck out of them. So, um, yeah, I just, think the Bears tweeted a, a photo for the game yesterday, like you know, or something like that, and he was front and center on it out of three players that they put on the on the photo. So, yeah, he looks he looks right at home in the league too. He's got good size. Um, I, I'm optimistic about his future. Um, just scoping the internet, looking at different blogs and you know more professional sites. Um, 
the the consensus is pretty varied on whether or not he'll make the roster. Um, it seems highly unlikely he doesn't at least crack the practice squad. But you know, uh, anywhere from a bubble player to a you know sure thing on the roster to being cut tomorrow, you'll find online. So uh, it's been interesting to follow all of preseason. Yeah, and um, also to note, you know, if he was put on the practice squad, I would not, I would not shed a tear if he was signed by the Falcons off of the Bears practice squad. So that would be, that would be perfect for me. He's a Grady uh, Jarrett type player, right? I mean, well, well uh, let's not go that far yet. But I'm, uh, I'm just saying, let him learn. He's got, he's got the build and he's got the skill set theoretically. Now, he's got the chip on his shoulders. Right is, now, Grady Jarrett is one of the most underrated players in football, in my opinion. Maybe even a year under Calais Campbell. I feel like those two big body kind of guys, run stuffers who will always blow up the action in the middle, that might even help too. Yeah, we can dream. We can dream. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that uh, he played last night uh, against the Colts. Um, and he had uh, two tackles is what I saw somebody tweet out. I did not look at the official box score. I think I saw him have a QB hurry as well, or at least uh, I don't know if they credited it to him or not, but uh, you know, um, nothing. They didn't run at him too often. Um, he didn't get too many pass rushes, but you know, have, you know, he didn't flash like he might have in the previous game, but that doesn't really, you know, really matter if he keeps his responsibility, uh, keeps his leverage, all that kind of stuff. So. Right. And then, uh, I think we're done with Bell. We've got some FBS scheduling news, some exciting stuff. Yeah, UTSA, uh, the first FBS game in the uh, Kennesaw State era has been announced uh, for UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio, at the Alamo Dome, which is 64,000 capacity. Uh, the Spurs played there from 1993 to 2002. And just some, you know, that's going to be August 31st, 2024. And just some interesting news, UTSA left uh, Conference USA earlier this year. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be similar competition to what we're going to get in conference, I'm sure. Right. You know, it's frustrating as we'll call them mid-major sports, mid-major college sports fans, uh, how little attention uh, our conference realignment has gotten (laughs) because there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, you know. Um, Yeah, everybody above us. Yeah, bringing up the Alamo Dome, uh, it's always been one of my favorite asterisks i guess you could say in you know sporting venues i mean it's 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 maybe not you know the cleanest or highest quality stadium but it's you know built to house an nfl team and utsa even when they're good struggles to draw 15 to twenty thousand people so you know the alamo bowl is the only time it gets to shine usually wait you don't think kennesaw state can draw sixty four thousand? we'll see give us a give us a decade we'll get there Absolutely. No, but I mean, I think this all, I think next year, by next year, I think, I think we'll be able to get at least, you know, 61, 62,000 into that stadium. <laughs> I hope so. Hottest <laughs> ticket in town, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that, though. It's good to, you know, stuff starts getting announced like that, you know, yeah. especially with this year's kind of, you know, I don't want to say buzzkill of a season, but, you know, it's not, the hype is not there. So, the hype, the hype countdown is pretty much starting now from that announcement. So, right. I will uh, point out it's the schools put in a surprising amount of effort into promoting this football season. I kind of expected them to just let it like lie low and let people kind of forget about the football program for a year and then come back strong, you know, when we're in CUSA. But no, I mean, I've been seeing tons of social media promotion advertisements everywhere on campus. So, it's good that the school, you know, still has yeah. the teams back this year. 
and you have to do that. You know, if you want to continue to get players, you have to, you know, you have to keep treating it like the season counts, which, you know, to an extent it does, you know, if you go, Oh, you know, if you go three and six or something like that, you know, that affects the recruiting. Uh, If you go, you know, seven and two, whatever it is, that also affects the recruiting. So yeah, you know, the coaches have to treat this and do their best to motivate the kids. And as we talked about previously, the kids find their own goals within the, within the scope of everything. So um, I'm, I'm just excited for it. Yeah. Before we transition to basketball, I think we had a quick note on Jaden Bryant. Yeah, we start, we talked about him on uh, one of our previous podcasts that he was announcing on a certain date. I think it was August 8th. Um, KSU was one of the finalists, I think, along with some, I think it was what, Elon Wofford, Coastal Carolina. But he ended up committing to Coastal, um, unfortunately for us. So, but congratulations to him. That's That happens. That's part of the recruiting battle. If you lose on one, you'll hit on another. Right. Uh, you move on. And, uh, you know, I just like to, uh, you know, follow up on things that we talk about here and not just forget about them because they don't perhaps go our way. You know, I want to keep consistent. And uh, that's a great segue to Mr. Bez Jenkins. I was you beat me to it, man. I was going to say, speaking of players who did not commit to Kennesaw state, um, our good friend, Bez Jenkins, um, who still follows me on Twitter. So we still like you, Bez um, commits to Belmont (laughs) and, we uh we theorized that if it wasn't going to be Kennesaw, it was going to be Belmont. Just looking at the rest of his offer list, it made the most sense. Um, and you know they're a solid mid-major program, so congrats to him. But you know, same thing as Jaden Bryant. Just figured we'd bring it up and address it. So yeah. you know, don't keep anybody on their toes. Yeah, and our friend Hootie Who headquarters uh, kind of put out a blog post on BigOwlBlog.com, kind of explaining the situation. You know, we think once uh, Ricky McKenzie. The Owls got the commit from him. You know, Jenkins became a bit redundant. So, you know, whether, you know, Jenkins had an offer from Kennesaw State, whether that was a committable offer at that point, we don't know. But, you know, a good, you know, congratulations to Bez Jenkins. You know, Belmont is a hell of a program, um, even with Casey Alexander um, in charge. So uh, just, you know, knowing that, you know, players that were after and close to, you know, are going to schools like Belmont as opposed to, you know, perhaps lower tier division one schools. That's a good sign for, you know, the eye of the coaching staff. So again, good, good for him. Right. And then uh, Micah Smith um, is a new recruit to shift our eyes to. Yes. A six, seven, one eighty five forward from Sandy Creek high school. Um, he has actually posted his top eight schools. Um, Kennesaw state is in them. Uh, alongside some others like Mississippi State, Clemson, Mercer. So uh, we're in good company um, on that one. Uh, Just to note here, uh, John Michael Nickerson, affectionately known as J-Mac, is a former KSU player from, I don't know, like 2006 or 2010, something like that. He was, you know, probably started half the games that he played here, if not more. Um, So he might be an inside man for us on that. So, you know, hopefully uh, Micah Smith uh, will choose Kennesaw State. Uh, There's no date for his commitment. But again, that's just another name to kind of keep an eye on. And once that happens, we'll circle back. Right. Yeah. Um, Continuing with basketball, before we get to the the real fun scheduling news, just want to point out that we added um, an NAIA opponent, uh, Crowley's Ridge out of Arkansas. And I believe that will be the last non-con game before the conference schedule gets started. I might have to double check on that. But yeah, same deal as, you know, years past. We played Bruden Parker last year. It's not uncommon for us to play these NAIA, D2, D3 mm-hmm. teams. So, I mean, we'll win the game by 50. Um, they'll sell 
a thousand tickets. No, no, they'll sell probably eight hundred tickets. Um, we got to pay, and we're gonna pay Crowley um, to come play us, just like the big schools, like uh, you know the SEC and ACC schools give us a big payday. We right. got to pay Crowley something for the you know for their bus ride and all that kind of stuff. That we'll probably give him a pizza party after the game. Yeah, um, you think that's a joke, but I that's been in like contracts before for when we played Carver Bible in the past. Like they yeah. get their entitled to like a pizza party. So huh. you know, I don't know if it's the cheapest pizza, like Little Caesars, or you know, they should at least have like a stipulation for Domino's. I don't know. Um, but my my final point on this is who the hell is Crowley, and what and what is his ridge? I I, I I'm I'm trying to find that out. But I don't know, you know John. Are you uh, you an Ozzy Osbourne fan? Uh, I I am not, um, but uh, I'm, it sounds like you are. <laughs> I was about to make a reference, but it'll go over your head. Sorry, I'm not usually the one in that position. No, go for it anyway. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. why not? One of the greatest songs ever, man, Mr. Crowley by Ozzy Osbourne. That was just the first thing that came to mind. So, <laughs> oh, I'll have to be I'll have to be uh, looking this up after we get off the air. Yeah, um, but all I, I know s- is all I know is that didn't he uh, eat the head off a bat? Yeah, and a whole bunch of other stuff, like threw a shark out of a hotel window, and you know. A lot of great stuff, but just staying on the topic of scheduling bef- before we get to, you know, the real fun, the real fun one that you pointed out months ago. Um, I just want to say it is really frustrating not having a full non-conference schedule released yet when it seems like the rest of the country has. Uh, you can follow, I think, D1 Docket or something like that on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. He usually posts that and he usually does it in order. Um, I'm not sure where we are, but in the past, Kennesaw State has been, I think, in the 300. Sometimes we've been towards the beginning of the pack. It all depends on when the games get signed off on officially and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm hoping we get it soon. Um, You know, if if it waits too long, we're going to have the basic schedule anyway, just by all the other schools releasing theirs by default and piecing it together. (laughs) I was going to say, like, it's getting kind of (laughs) narrow with the schools that are left that haven't announced these games. And I think we still have like four or five that are yet to be announced. So I- I'm assuming one or two of those will be uh, sub D1 opponents. Yes. And I'm I'm hoping for just one. You know, every school gets and plus there's exhibitions. I think every school gets a combination of either two exhibitions or two secret scrimmages or you can do one in one or two of either. Um, so, you know, I just want to see where that, you know, what Coach Petway likes to do. I think uh, Coach Amir, I think, you know, he liked the secret scrimmages. I think he did one in one or, you know, I think each of those years to kind of give the fans a little something. But I could be misremembering. I don't know. Right. Right. Then the exciting scheduling news. We play the boys down I-75 this year and the next year. Yeah. Uh, This time up in Kennesaw and next time down at Georgia State. So, uh, yeah, it's Georgia State who I'm talking about. You know, they had a good basketball program for a cool 10 years. I'm not going to go as far to say as they have a, you know, a poor program just because they've been pretty consistent over the last decade and a half or so. That being said, they're in a rut. Um, and, you know, we've been on the upswing, I guess you could say. <laughs> everything is optimistic around our program and everything's sort of pessimistic around their program. But um, this game does frustrate me a little bit because I've always wanted there to be more of a rivalry between the two schools. And just doing a lot of thinking and talking to people, right? I've come to the conclusion that the reason there's no real hatred between the schools is Georgia State students just don't care. I mean, I guess that's fair. Um, you know, I I just, I would like to see this game and, you know, build that rivalry and, and play every year. There, there used to be, when Mercer was in our conference, there used to be games every year. 
and it right. used to actually be a rivalry. Um, and we, you can't get a rivalry since we don't play, you know, we play Georgia state pretty much every year in baseball, but you know, right. basketball having a, you know, if we can even get to the point of having a home and home within like each year, like two games a year, I mean, that would be tremendous. Right. Right. Well, the difference between like the Mercer rivalry and what the GSU rivalry would be is just like the difference in student body. Right. Uh, it's, you would want there to be a rivalry between GSU and KSU because of the types of students applying, right? You know, Mercer's got the more preppy, you know, their Christian, super expensive school. And then KSU and GSU are, you know, the affordable state schools that are, you know, very close together. So kids, you know, are going to be deciding between one or the other all the time, yeah. less often than a kid's going to be deciding between Mercer and GSU That's or true. Mercer and Kennesaw. So, and the geography guy, um, you know, yeah. just- way closer. And also Mercer was in our conference. So that also yeah. was a heavy contributor to how that rivalry got built. Um, it wasn't, you know, like you said, based on, you know, the same type of kids applying for the schools. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I would hate to go to G- GSU personally, like it's downtown, you know, um, I got, well, I don't want to, I don't want to bash their program too much, oh, I but do. I, no, I did, no. I, I did get uh, robbed at GSU last year. So really? Yeah. It's a, it's a fun place to be. What'd they get from you? Uh, my laptop right before March Madness, too. So I had to scramble to buy another laptop and uh, go work that. I assume they never caught him? No, no. There was a police report filed, but yeah. So. All right. For all you online stalkers, go look up Kai's police report and get back to us. Yeah, it was like 20 different people in a parking lot. But yeah, GSU is not a place I like to hang around too much. Well, we we have that in common. And also just to note, uh, KSU is 0-3 in the series versus GSU um, all time. And, uh, you know, they let, the schools last played in 1989. Um, so I imagine GSU, you know, I think they've been around longer than us. So I imagine they were a higher level than us back then. So it probably makes sense that we're 0-3. So hopefully we can, you know, get that one this year. Right. I mean, their athletics um, basically followed the same blueprint that ours did they just did theirs you know like a decade or so earlier you know just upstart football program you know uh i think they had a d1 basketball program 10 or 15 years before us too so you know that they're they're a startup athletic department too you could say so that's also a a reason to be a rival yes and you know georgia state you know it'll be it'll be fun to see you know, also just talking about Georgia State, you know, I feel I feel like, you know, when Kennesaw State first started, I always used to see like, you know, Georgia State people talking football. They have a little bit of a fan base. And I really think that starting football for us is going to, you know, help our fan base and have more students and alums come out of, out of nowhere to kind of just talk about Kennesaw State, hop on the message boards. We really need to build that, you know, that foundation because we are a young school. Like we don't have those you know, we don't have that hundred year head start that some schools do where donors are just flooding, you know, flooding the pockets and the school's been built up for some time. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Nick is, Nick is uh, going to the club later on tonight. Apparently, if you, if you're watching on video, he's uh, making it rain in the comments. Um, and, but no, um, we really need, we, we don't have that rich alum, alum base and, you know, to kind of fill the NIL coffers, coffers and um, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of the message boards, before I take us out, if you want to go ahead and plug KSUalhal.com slash forums is the link, if I'm correct, right? Yes, that's the easy link. But if you click on it, it'll give you some 
complicated link. So, uh, but yes, KSUOwlHowl.com. You can view Kennesaw State recruiting news. I've been tracking it since like 2012. Um, I've even put recruiting information beyond that um, that I could figure out and find. Uh, and also we have a link to the message boards if you want to talk about that. Uh, usually they're pretty dead in the summer, but uh, you know, once football and basketball start getting cranked up, that that's when I even start getting on there more often and start talking about KSU and, you know, posting rumors and what's going on. So, yeah. And uh, Kai, I know you want to kind of plug your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I write for Big Owl blog. Um, content's been a little bit slow over the off season, but now that we have sports happening, you know, things will be able to pick up. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Kaimalet or at Big Owl blog. You can follow John on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl. Is it KSUOwlHowl.com? At KSUOwlHowl and KSUOwlHowl.com. That's correct. There you go. And, and then, if uh, Nick, if you want to plug your Twitter before we sign off. Yeah, sure. That's at Nick underscore Joe underscore Mass. Give him a follow because he deserves it. And I want to plug, uh, you know, just Hootie Who uh, headquarters. I think it's at KSU headquarters. He's helping us out. He's uh, written a, a blog or two on Big Owl blog. And, you know, he helps push forward our content and post good cashew content on Twitter. So I would follow uh, Hootie Who headquarters as well. Absolutely. Thank you guys all so much for listening again. You will likely hear from us again later this week, uh, talking about uh, more football, getting a little bit more in depth with the roster and some stuff. So fun stuff coming y'all's way. Yes, sir. Well, I've, I've had fun. Hopefully uh, we can do this again in a couple of days and uh, maybe we'll have uh, two podcasts posted this week. So we'll see. All right. Signing off. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at KSUOwlHowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!